Hey there, everybody, and welcome to High Spirits. I'm Jay Steigman, and with me, as always, is my pal... Noelle Schmidt. That's right. We host a show called High Spirits in which we drink alcohol and we talk about ghosts. You are correct. Yeah. Uh, Noelle, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, tonight, I am drinking uh, a scotch, Ooh. a scotch whiskey, straight from the Scotland. Um, it is called Two Casks. It's from um, Coal Isla and uh which is the Spyburn um, distillery. I got this at um, Vamfas, yeah. which is a uh, translates in German to from the cask. There's a new store, new-ish, I think they opened in August, in Lincoln Square, um, where everything is from the cask. So nice. they have oils and booze. Um, they're incredibly, incredibly friendly and want you to try everything there. That's awesome. So please go there and check them out. Um, it is a little pricey, just a full disclosure. So, oh well, um, you know what you get? You get what you pay for. You get what you pay for because you are getting a quality product. Vomfas. Vomfas. This is probably the best scotch I've ever had in my life, and I'm so glad I got it. Sweet. Yeah, it's delicious. Full disclosure: Noelle offered me some, and I said nine. <laughs> I. <laughs> I'm not a big uh, hard alcohol drinker. You might have noticed that when we did the uh, bourbon special. Yes, correct. Um, I like eating my beer. So today I am drinking um, a Temperance Brewery. They're actually over in Evanston. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, I don't know them. They're wonderful. They're off of Dempster one Sunday ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went there with uh, a group of pals. And um, just had a lovely time. I ended up getting a growler. Okay. Yeah. They have a really great IPA. I got Escapist IPA in a growler. Nice. Mm-hmm. How was it? How is it? Well, I had it there, and then I got a growler. Okay. You do the math. I guess it's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good enough to take home, man. Sounds good. So, um, everybody, we are going to skip the small talk because um, here's why. Um our country has gone through another major tragedy. Uh, things are on the brink, and um, we are uh, desperately sad about those facts. So what we like to do is bring joy to your hearts and just talk about ghostesses. Yes. We're going to try to keep it light. Yeah. And I've got a really good light story for you. Oh, good. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think you'll all enjoy this. So I uh, stumbled upon this recently. Um. And was like, oh, how have we never heard of this? It is the Philip experiment. Oh. So, in the 70s, a group of Canadian parapsychologists from the Toronto Society for Psychical Research wanted to attempt an experiment where they created a ghost. I know this. Ah, of course you do. God damn it. Um, The the theory was that they could... um, uh, prove that the human mind can produce spirits through expectation, imagination, and visuals- visualization. So, 1972, um, under the direction of mathematician and the world-renowned expert on poltergeists, yes. Dr. A.R.G. Owen, um, the following folks got together and started um, preparing the experiment. So, included in... The uh, experiment was Dr. Owen's wife, Iris, um, a woman by the name of Margaret Sparrows, who was the former chairperson of Mensa in Canada. So, a dummy. So, real dumb. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Just kidding. uh, Mensa stands for the um, magical, enlightened, nuanced, (laughs) sexy... Assholes who are smarter than we are. Yes. That's, that, I believe, is what the acronym stands for. Perfect. Um, Truly ascended mental beings. Which I'm not. I'm a, I I think I took a test online and I have an IQ of 87. Oh, really? No. Yeah. That's not true. What? I was like, wow. That's that shocking. That lower. I used to hang out with a guy who was a, a member of Mensa, and I was always a little baffled as to how he made it there. So but no no street smarts. No common sense whatsoever. But could do... Real brainy, some, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Solve puzzles. I'm sure he's fine. That's an escape room pal. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. He was dating a friend. It was a... Yeah. Anyway, I'm sure he's listening. Hi, guy. Hey. Thanks for listening. Barely remember your name. Um, 
Are you sure it wasn't guy, G guy? I think it was G guy. <laughs> uh, guy, G guy is you know, the actual. Yeah. Our favorite friend, man and man. Also involved was uh, Lorne H., who was an industrial designer. Now, is the last name H or is this a uh, that's a initial initial? Yep. Okay. Uh, Bernice M, an accountant. Oh. Andy H, a housewife. Dorothy O'Donnell, a bookkeeper. Sydney K, a sociology student. Uh-huh. Al Peacock, uh huh. Al Peacock. Willing to give his last name. <laughs> or it's a pseudonym. Oh. Uh, he was a heating engineer and Sue. Just Sue, who was a dinosaur from the Field Museum, (laughs) former nurse with Canadian with the Canadian Armed Forces. Well, so my my mom's uh, the Canadian Canadian Armed Forces are like three people. Yeah. So Sue, they're (laughs) (laughs) they're not a warful country, is what I'm saying. Right. And Sue, like, oh, okay. um, I'm gonna go to Saskatchewan with a uh, bayonet. You could just go over to Vancouver with some tear gas. That's the extent so of their military. That's pretty much it. Well, they've got the Royal Mounted Police, too. Sure. Just like the Mounties. Hotties on horses. We always get our man. <laughs> Quote it. Um, Isn't so, that what Justin Trudeau, Tr- uh, Trudeau calls them? Hotties on horses? I think that's what we call him. Oh, uh, well, I've never seen him on a horse, but... <laughs> I can picture it, though. Listen, I, I would die and become a spirit. And I would say this. I would have no unfinished business. No. So we'd go right into the light. <laughs> I've seen all I need to see. <laughs> a good day. We're done here. Um, yes. Sue, who my mom's best friends and my like second mother in life and probably personal hero. Hi, Sue. Hi. Is named Sue. Um, she's probably not <laughs> listening. But if you are, hey, buddy. Um, hey, Sue, hey, Sue wrote the, my daughter calls her Zoo. Oh, which is nice. Which is nice. Also kind of a read because I think she could do better. Yeah. She could pronounce it. I think she's just being she me. I think she thinks it's fun. It's fun. I'm kidding. Yeah. Uh, so, I just like the idea of a five-year-old uh, taking someone down the drag. Yeah. I mean, I correct her every time, and she's just like, okay, zoo. Dragging her to filth. Yeah. Like, hey, zoo. Like, wow, sassy molassy. She thinks zoo is the best. Yeah. She's her favorite. Uh, well, this Sue, formerly of the Canadian Armed Forces, wrote uh, the original biographical account of uh, their the experiment. The project? Yes. Um, there was also a psychologist by the name of Joel Witten who attended many sessions, but just as an observer. So that, they are our cast of characters. Okay. So, here was the plan. The members of the experiment proposed an idea. By using extreme and prolonged concentration, they could create a ghost through their collective thought form. Um, so non-physical entities, which exist in either the mental or astral plane. Um, they thought that it would be devised by human willpower and, uh, they had theorized, and this is a common theory actually, and we've talked about this a little bit before that apparitions, poltergeist and other phenomenon were manifestations or productions of the human mind and actually not from the spirit world. So like we've talked about, um, uh, prepubescent or pubescent teenage girls um, who are, you know, or people who are going through any type of like emotional trauma or have some type of thing going on where they can like have through telekinetic kinesis, they can make things mm-hmm. move and shoot across the room. So um, this also, the reason why I said I know about it uh, was this is one of the things that Joshua, Joshua P. Warren talks about a lot. Of course. Joshua P. Warren. Hi, Joshua. How do you want to do you want to explain who he is? Well, I think we've talked about it on okay. the show. Um, one time I was at a ghost conference. I've actually met him twice at different ghost conferences, and I, um, you know, the way that people would act. I don't know if they met somebody like, let's say, Ryan Gosling. Um, I acted like Joshua P. Warren's biatch. True. Um, he went on stage to give like a presentation, and he was like. Hey, will you get me some water? And I was, like, running around the theater trying to get him water and, and basically, like, stage managing him. And I came back to where Noelle was, and she's like, pardon my French here, Zoo. Um, 
Noah was like, what the fuck are you doing? And I was like, I don't know. I was like, this is embarrassing. Yeah, I'm, it was so embarrassing for me. I was so starstruck and so weird. Um, and by the way, in the ghosting community, he's a really big deal. So, yeah, and that's what I wanted you to talk about was not the, that story about you fangirling, which is nice, and I'm glad you shared it. It's embarrassing. Um, but what his, like, profession. And I just definitely you did just air totally quotes did air when quotes, I pro- yeah. said profession. Yeah. Sorry, Joshua P. Warren. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Want some water? <laughs> we follow him on Instagram. Do we? Yeah. Okay. He likes to pose pictures of fruity drinks. Oh, does he? Yeah. What a weirdo. Just kidding. No water. It, it, <laughs> he just has hydrate that. Josh it's like in retrospect it's you know when when uh someone you love doesn't love you back you're like what a dumb hat like, <laughs> probably gay it all just comes together I mean, or probably straight depending on what you know which is not yeah. into me and that's okay it's fine so but what is what is his like job well I don't his know research he does he, he he uh runs around the ghost circuit and he is much more on the scientific flavor of the ghost circuit. And so he deals a lot with what you're talking about right now with this idea of like group think. Mm-hmm. And um, he talks a lot about this experiment. I don't know if this is coming up in yours, um, wherein um, a, a, a group of people would be in a room and there would be like a, a plasma in the middle. Uh-huh. Is this coming up in yours? No. Am I reading anything? Nope. Um, and whatever, uh, like plasma in a, in a, in a glass, uh, in a glass casing. So I just like hanging out on the table. Uh, but it would have the ability to shape into the form of what the group was thinking about. Got it. Okay. So it was both scientifically about group think, but then also like the manifestation of what that would visually look like. So the plasma itself would shift. So if people were thinking about, let's say a ghost, it would turn into the plasma would shift into what they, the perception of a ghost or the plasma would shift into, uh, shift into a perception of, uh, let's say, uh, a warship or whatever it was. Okay. Um, because the, let's say the brain is so powerful with the telekinesis that you were talking about, mm-hmm. the PK that, uh, this mental capacity had a, the ability to change, um, uh, Reality and form. Got it. Um, you know, groups of people standing in rooms have a tendency to group think. That's true. And we're going to talk about that. Yeah. So uh, here's what these... Also, well, hi, Joshua. I just want to say your hat's not that stupid. <laughs> <laughs> in, case, in case there's a chance. <laughs> so just she's not saying hurt. she likes the hat. I just, you know, but... Love... Okay. I don't often, I don't often feel that sad. All right. <laughs> well, so this group, known as the Owen Group, um, oh yeah, Owen Group. Sorry, they um decided that in order to create a ghost, they needed to make it as real as possible. It needed a life story and a background, um, in which the ghost could relate to. So, thus Philip was born. So they named the ghost um, Philip Islesford. And, um, he was, um, I'll just read this. So this is actually kind of like, um, an excerpt from his narrative. Philip was an aristocratic Englishman living in the middle 1600s at the time of Oliver Cromwell. He had been a supporter of the King and was Catholic. He was married to a beautiful, but cold and frigid wife, Dorothea, the daughter of a neighboring nobleman. One day, when out riding on the boundaries of his estates, Philip came across a gypsy encampment and saw there a beautiful, dark-eyed girl, raven-haired gypsy girl, Margot, and fell instantly in love with her. He brought her back secretly to live in the gatehouse near the stables of Diddington Manor, his family home. For, uh, for some reason, he kept his love nest secret, but eventually Dorothea, realizing he was keeping someone else there, found Margot and accused her of witchcraft and stealing her husband. Philip was too scared of losing his reputation and his possessions to protest the, at the trial of Margot, and she was convicted of witchcraft and burned at the stake. What a 
dick. Yes. Also, he's not a real person. No, I know, but, like, <laughs> I love that, like, a whole group of people were like, yeah, that sounds right for the 1600s. Right, exactly. <gasps> like, so, called his wife Frigid, which probably just meant he was nasty and she didn't want to, like, get the bone on. Yeah. He, like, goes by a gypsy encampment, which, by the way, uh, let's call them Roma, if we will. Um, goes by a Roma encampment and basically steals probably a young 14-year-old, mm-hmm. like, beautiful chick, and then, like, side pieces her in his coach house. She was his concubine. And then, like, the wife, we're supposed to believe, like, the wife is a biatch because she finds her husband cheating and he has no other choice but to burn her. Right. Well, the town, whoever convicted her did. But, yes, correct. I mean, he allowed it to Well, happen. let's say if there but was a judge involved, it was a dude. There's more. Philip was subsequently stricken with remorse that he had not tried to defend Margot and used uh, too late, motherfucker. Used to pace the battlements of Diddington in despair. Finally, one morning, his body was found at the bottom of the battlements. Once he had cast himself in a fit of agony and remorse. Bye. So they actually have fun on suicide purgatory lane. Yeah, I mean, I think like we're looking at it now is that we're we're siding with Dorothea a little bit more and Margot. Um, and our, no, listen, it's our a good natural, ghost story. No, our natural like... inclination is to think that Philip is a dick. Yeah. And that's fair. They, um, I think looked at him as more of a sympathetic character. Of course they did. It was 1972 and Canada. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they love everybody there. Right. They're like, Oh, you know, you would do the same. Oh, wouldn't you? Uh, she had she had that brown hair, <laughs> and you know when he came to her with an erection, she was so ready. The other <laughs> wife was so frigid. Anyway, so uh, that little piece I got that from a website called thoughtco.com. If you want to read some more there, <laughs> sorry for saying erection. That's okay. I'm blushing. Um, I know you are. <laughs> All right, so I ruined everything. This is why we can't have nice things. No, now that they had finally, um, they had created this. Not finally, they had created uh, the character of Philip. His backstory. Um, they understood him. Uh, the next step was to contact him. Mm-hmm. So in September of 1972, the group began their quote-unquote sittings. Oh. Um, so first, it began in um, an informal setting, and they were just simply talking about him. Mm-hmm. Um, they would meditate on him. They would collect, um, they would try to collect their collective hallucination. So try to build something up together. Get a little group think going. Yeah. Um, they did all of this in a fully lit room and they did it like this for a year without any success. Frankly, I'm surprised that they went a full year yeah. doing this. I feel like that was too long after, after the year they decided that, um, it would be best to switch to a classical spiritual stance. And I think there's something very psychological about this because you're more in the mindset of I'm going to contact a ghost. Of course. So, and like, like there, it's just a creepathon. Yeah. It's just creepy. So you and I ran a seance one time and we were like, this is going to last five minutes and everyone's going to get bored. It lasted mm-hmm. an hour and a half and three ghosts came. Yeah. <laughs> and you're, you're, nobody could have been more surprised than you or I. Right. And we kept making eye contact like, what is happening right now? And my whole time I was like, please nobody show up. Please nobody show up. Please, the, like, I don't want to see shit. Where a few other people that I talked to that were there were like, I was really hoping my dad was going to come mm-hmm. or this person. Like, they they wanted it and they believed it. And I was like, I'm going <laughs> to freak the fuck out if anybody shows up. We have to tell this story just because I think it's funny. Um, so we were, <laughs> we were closing this circle. We might have even said this on the show, but it was it was one of the funniest things I've seen, especially because the seance was like <laughs> a little bit scary and a little bit weird, and and uh, the night was not set off to go this way. Right. So we're closing this circle and we're passing a match around, and um, it was a candle. It was a candle, and it's supposed to make its way all the way around through our hands to close the circle. I think it was just a match. Or was it a candle? It was a candle. It was like a tea light. Oh, that's so right. It was a small, it was a little flame. That's right. Flame. That's right. And <laughs> your husband <laughs> was a slightly intoxicated. <laughs> and every time it went to him, it would blow out. Um, he wasn't like, he wasn't like blowing it out aggressively. Like, 
it's just that because of the way he was breathing, it just <laughs> went out. And so the people on the other side had to wait to get the candle and they were thereby convinced that the spirits hadn't left yet. Cause it was like, give us a sign if you're still here. And then <laughs> you just breathe on it. He kept by mistake blowing out the candle. And finally I was like, I was like, I know we have to close the circle. I almost feel like skipping you. Like, please hold it further away from your face. <laughs> Anyway. Oh, that was good. To conclude the dramatic tension on that story, the circle is closed and everyone's fine. But he is continuing. He's a mouth breather. He's not. (laughs) I'm Um, just kidding. But he has uh, been haunted ever since. (laughs) Oh, yes. Sure. No, he's a wreck. We visit him in the asylum. (laughs) We're actually not sure where he is. Um, So, okay. So they switch over to an actual seance form. Um, so they dim the room's lights, they sit around the table, they surround themselves with pictures of the type of castle they imagined that Philip would have lived in, as well as objects from that time period. Oh, I neglected to mention that in his backstory, it's 100, or it's not 100%, it's um, almost completely made up except for uh, Diddington Manor is a real place. Oh, I was hoping it was fake, because it sounds like diddling I know manner. that is the only real part of the story that's where I was getting manner. some of my comedy joy sorry but we can still have some comedy joy because sure. somebody named it that yeah all right so within a few weeks Philip made contact he um never manifested in a spiritual form so he didn't appear as an apparition or a ghost okay but he did make contact through um wraps on the table so there are there are a bunch of videos online of uh, the seances that they performed. Um, so you can see this. They're literally sitting around a card table. Hmm. So um, it's a, I think we still call them that. You know what I'm talking about when yeah, I say girl. card table. Okay. So it's kind of like that, like thin light. Yeah. It's a very light table. Um, so there's eight people around that, like three by three table. Yeah. Um, they all have their hands on the table open so mm-hmm. everybody can see everyone's hands and see what they're doing. Um, and then you'll hear hmm. occasional raps, but it's on the cardboard or like the card table. So it's kind of like a, yeah. So I don't want to be unfun, but you know, the Fox sisters, the original spiritualists, they got away with it forever by cracking their toe joints. Right. So Yes. Agreed. Are we getting there? I knew you were going to say that. Well, no, but I knew you were going to say that. Is it because we're connected psychically? Probably. Okay. Group think. Um, (laughs) But there's, because immediately I'm like, there has to be a logical explanation for this. Yeah, there has to be. Um, Let me, let me get through some of the other stuff and we'll go back to that. Dude. um, Because I think they're doing the thing where I put the key on my lips. No, no, no. You're fine. Closing it, throwing it away. We both know that it's impossible. Um. (laughs) You never threw that key away. That it really doesn't lock. Um, one of the things is broken. I threw it away. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> so now I have to do the whole movement again. Um, Philip answered questions that were consistent with his fictitious history, uh, but he was unable to provide any information beyond that. Um, he did give other historically accurate information about real events and people. Now, here's the thing. They, because he was only communicating through knocks and raps on the table, mm. they were only asking him yes or no questions. So it was one for yes, two for no. Oh. So. He's like that psychic horse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's like that octopus who predicts who's going to win the, the presidential world. election. or. <laughs> The uh, soccer world. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, how much information? Well, I don't know. I like this, and I threw away the key. I'll be quiet. (laughs) No, you did it. You're holding it in your hand. Um, (laughs) Just waiting. It's like, can you imagine? Like, am I cool? (laughs) Now, here's where (laughs) things. Well, here's where things get interesting. Um, He was able to move the table and sliding it side by side. um, The the floor was actually when they first started doing the experiment was on a thick carpet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was a little different. Um, he, on more than one occasion, the table would chase someone across the room. Fuck yes. Um, and again, like all hands were on the table, like in clear sight. 
Uh-huh. Um, there were times where the table would like dance on a, one legs where it would like kind of tip over. And there's a video of this where they're all hold, like hands on the table. And all of a sudden the table is just turning and turning Amazing. and it's on its side. And you're like, what is happening? I love it. I also it's so love cool. anthropomorphically that they said the table dance. I do too. What you just did was shift your hands. <laughs> <laughs> But it's so much more poetic. I know. It's really nice. Oh my gosh. Your boom It's (laughs) it's dancing. Oh, Um, (laughs) look at it go. Uh, Some play, some claim that um, they heard whispers, but that was never caught on camera. Uh, But if they would ask Philip to dim the lights, he would. Um, A few times, and this kind of goes back to the Joshua P. Warren thing. um, A fine mist, did occur like over the center of the table. So they were able to create some type of plasma, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, They, uh, this is, this is something that you can watch online. They filmed a TV documentary for a live studio studio audience of 50 people. Um, And during it, Philip made the lights turn on and off and the table levitated half an inch off the floor. However, because the lights were dim, um, the camera never caught that. Sure. So, um, well, and half an inch is a huge measure of, uh, you know, yeah, that's big. It's big for a, for a card table. It just <laughs> leapt off the ground. I mean, that's practically like, like what, how, how do you think, uh, Michael Jordan could jump half an inch? Definitely. An inch? Definitely. I would, I dare say an inch and a half. <laughs> uh, so good? yeah, no, if, if you can move something at half an inch, man, you got mm-hmm. hops. <laughs> I just so, that table is hoppier than my beer. Yeah. Heyo. Heyo. I don't know why Half Anger won't sponsor us. Um, this is Temperance. Oh. oh, yeah. Oh. We have comedy gold right here. Yeah, I mean. So, in the end, uh, they were ever never able to prove how and why um, all of these occurrences happened. They just knew that it happened. Mm. Um, the interesting thing is that watching watching them and watching these videos here's a disclaimer it's a little frustrating because they're all chatting they're constantly talking and the idea behind it is that um you're they wanted to kind of like get to a childlike state to make themselves more open and so there are times where they just start like singing kid songs or like one point they're singing like um 99 bottles of beer in the wall and like trying to get into like the same like group think, but also keep their minds open. So they never had like really um, heavy conversations. They kept things really light and there was a lot of laughter and a lot of just like sophomoric humor stuff going on. Huh. And these are you know, for the most part, very intellectual people. Um, sure. They're from the mathematical enlightened uh, nose job sensation. Arithmetic club. That's correct. Um, <laughs> Which I think that's Mensa. That is Mensa. Correct. Okay. Um, <laughs> I always thought it stood for manly, enormous, nostrils, sexual association. Oh, yeah. It says more about you than it says Mensa. It's a fetish thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so <laughs> I was totally wrong. Yeah. It's a brainy thing. Oh. Um, so, so yeah, so sometimes it's a little frustrating watching them because they're, they're all talking over each other, but they're all trying to like sync up and have like the same conversation. And I realized that. It's like watching an improv show opener. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But I realized that what they're doing is they're all trying to like get into the same mindset (laughs) and get into that group think. And so, and then it's a lot of like, Philip. Why won't you do this? Philip, are you there? Philip, would you like a bottle of beer? I bet you would love some beer. Philip, if you just do this once, you can have some beer. Mm. And like waiting, 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 waiting. And then finally, the knock. And so... The knock. The one is yes? Yes. Okay. So, um, yeah, that's my disclaimer about that. But it, it's, it, it is really interesting, especially when the table starts to move. Mm, what and your hands did was dance. I know. Oh, you're right. My hands did. <laughs> definitely dancing hands. When the table started to dance, 
<gasps> Can I totally, totally segueing here? Yeah. My brother was uh, trolling me the other day with videos of um, some folk music, and <laughs> you'd probably like it. Um, what? <laughs> that is a slap in the face. Well, the first video. I love you, like. My brother was showing me things I hated. You'd like that. <laughs> I just know what you like. No, actually, I don't. I don't know if you'd like it. Um, and no, I should I be. Would. I should be nicer, but I just wasn't into it. Um, but the first video is. I'm not going to say who it is because I don't want to offend. But I, whatever. Um, the first video was of a dude basically doing. I, they're not hand puppets, but he was basically like taking his hand and making like movement with it. And it was just like all these different gestures to symbolize the song and like the uh, mood of the song. And I found it to be incredibly disturbing. Uh, I was like, I don't like this at all, but I can't sure. stop watching it. And I'm sure this is some so, like cool disembodied hands art trying from... to be like people. No, uh, I don't know how to describe it. I'll show you later. Okay. Um, I'm good with words, so I can you probably can, come back and describe. You can see, thank you, because I'm doing a terrible job. Because you can see that there is a man controlling his hand. Oh, okay. but it's like he's just—it's constant like movement and gestures, and like at times it will be just like you know he can move his hands and. I really wish we filmed this because what you are doing <laughs> is extraordinary. I actually learned a lot from watching it, and. <laughs> Um, I feel like if we were outside by the lake, like, you are probably doing, like, a seagull, like, sex dance. I'm doing a Tai Chi kind of. And you'd be mated with immediately. So. Someone would want to uh, fertilize your eggs. (laughs) Some seagull would, absolutely. (laughs) And that's about it. Can I Um, I tell you something? Yeah. Since you were, like, uh, you were slightly mean to me, I'm just going to be slightly mean to you. But I think it's funny. Oh, well, if, uh, as long as it's funny. Remember, remember when we were in your car, you picked me up, and you had, uh, I listened maybe for a minute, and I did You, listened, the, you made, lasted like 20 seconds. I did the old lady thing where I like reached over and turned off her, uh, turned off her music, and she was like, what are you doing? I'm listening to that. And I was like, I love you. Most of the music you listen to is horrible. <laughs> This is next level. So, and when that song started, I was like, oh, I'm not a fan. Like, I don't know why I have it on this playlist. Oh, dude. I think I just put it on, because I like this band a lot, but I don't. Just in case I got in your car and you wanted to hurt my ears. Care for this. I don't care for the song. It's, By the way, calling it a song is, <laughs> is, is like <laughs> going by a construction site and hearing a jackhammer and going, wow, that's musical. And I did I did mean to tell you that that band is actually touring with another band that I like this summer, and I'm super excited about yeah, you it. you did tell me about that. Did I tell you? I think you even said, do you want to go? And I didn't even reply. <laughs> uh, their name is Red Fang. <laughs> They're touring with Hi, the, Red Fang. Thanks for listening. the Bronx. Yeah, it's it's like the one song of theirs where I'm like, yeah, this one maybe is a little too much. And I was even thinking I should skip this. Um, but yeah, you like, took like, care of it for me. Do this in your home as an experiment. Take out a metal cheese grater <laughs> and then take out like a metal pot and just rub the two together. It's not, it wasn't, it's not that bad. It's not pleasant. It's fine. Okay. It came on again this morning when I was getting ready and I was like, why is this still on this playlist? Because you haven't removed it. <laughs> or maybe it's Philip the ghost from Canada. It might be Philip the Canada, the Canadian ghost, but he was originally British. No, oh, I know. But they brought them all the way over to good old Canada. Yep. All right, moving on. I mean, I guess, do we have to? Well, there's some good stuff coming up. Oh, well, then let's move on. There's an, so the aftermath. The rest of it, this first part, sorry guys, it's just been horseshit. No, you're going to like the next part a lot. So uh, the participants were part of a study at Kent State University because they wanted to, you know, figure out what the heck was going on here. Kent State in Ohio? That's the one. Um. They also experienced a horrible thing. They did. Yeah. I was about to sing a song and let it sign that too because I have grace. Good for you. Yeah. I don't, obviously. Um, so there, the researchers thought that the table movement movements were caused by um, unconscious movements of the participants. It's, so it's a, a concept called ideomotor phenomenon. So yeah. uh, um, automatic writing, things like oh. that. Like it's often associated with hauntings and ghosts things so when you it's basically involuntary movement of your body yeah it happens a lot we talked about it on the Ouija episode by the way yeah yeah it happens a lot with um 
by chance. Yes, exactly. So, um, same, same idea. Um, however, they couldn't really explain this. One observer, um, who had a very negative attitude towards the experiment and the participants, um, kind of became, uh, a subject of the experiment. So the participants commanded Philip to attack the observer. The table would chase or hurl itself at him. Um, and it even traveled up the stairs of like the, the table. Yeah. It's like after this guy, what is this? Like, like horror movie, beauty and the beast. It's kind of, yeah, it's an enchanted table. Yeah. I know. I'm seeing it like climbing up the, Oh man, we need to film this. You just look like a bear. (laughs) A bear trap trying to get up a tree. Uh, but that was actually a dancing table. That I was a dancing sure. table, uh, which looks a lot like my dancing horse. Yeah, I think a lot of your dancing is similar. And <laughs> That's mostly... actually how I dance. <laughs> but, yeah. but I think your dancing would improve if you listen to better music. Nope. I'm very fine with everything I listen to. You just don't understand. Also, uh, I got Megan, uh, friend of the show, Megan. Friend of the show. Do we mention her every time? Friend of the show. Hi, Megs. Uh, Megan asked me for some music suggestions the other day, and I think she's in. So No. Yeah. Trolling. Yeah. I gave her a whole list. Um, she was really happy. That's what happens when you leave us alone together. Did you um, tell her just to turn on her blender? Is <laughs> <laughs> that what she's doing? <laughs> Megan doesn't even have a blender. All right. Um, Just turn on your blender and break a glass, and that's the kind of music Noel listens to. Ouch. Ouch. That's not true. False. That's all right. We, you You're hurting say, the feelings of all of the people who play that music. Listen, my musical taste is like poony women who cry. Yeah, I can't do it. And sometimes acapella. Ugh. They nope. don't even bother with instruments. Okay. Well... Moving on. They make one-syllable words into one minute. Yeah. No thanks. Well, we need to move on. We do need to move on because um, they tried So they tried it again. They tried the experiment again uh, with a different group and a different fictional character whose name was Lilith, Ooh. who was a French-Canadian spy. Ooh. Yeah. Spies were big in the 70s. <laughs> James Bond was huge. That's, that was the heyday of James Bond. I'm not trying to be Roger different. Moore. I'm just trying to imagine a, a Canadian spy like with their like. like she was a French Canadian spy. Oh, totally. So, um, oh, I can't do my Celine Dion accent. She right had now. a cool beret, and she's like, <laughs> she's yeah. <laughs> I can't do it. Okay. All right. Uh, I so yeah, Lilith the French Canadian spy. Uh, she established contact after five weeks. Um, later experiments conjured up Sebastian, a medieval chemist, alchemist <laughs> and uh, this is my favorite Axel, a man of the future. Oh, shit dog. Yeah. Um, I don't know more about Axel, but I want to learn everything about him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, in Sydney, Australia, they also, um, conducted a similar experiment called the Skippy experiment. Uh, Six participants created a 14 year old girl named Skippy Cartman. (laughs) Okay. Skippy Cotman. (laughs) Uh Uh, She communicated to them through raps and scratching noises. Oh man. Her raps in the seventies must have been so dumb. Raps and scratching. Yeah. She was spinning for them, and they didn't even Yo, know. I'm a ghost, and I'm here to say I love fruity pebbles in a major way. She didn't. They didn't even know that she was like pure techno. Oh my she god! She was like, yeah. She predated the Sugar Hill Gang She's with her rapping. So good, um, Australia. You were ahead of the time, and you missed it. So uh, here are a, a couple of theories. What's really interesting about this whole thing is that um, they there aren't a lot of folks out there that. Um, are calling like this fraud or like saying like naysaying this in any way. I had a really hard time finding anything that spoke ill of this. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of people were like, yeah, this is just like a crazy phenomenon. Cause they're looking at it more as a scientific experiment. The, the bigger issue is that the scientific um, community won't really acknowledge parapsychology um, or anything like this as being real science. Right. And that's a problem because I think there's a lot of psychology 
and there's, there's definitely something to it and like going into just how much the mind can really do if you tap into it. For sure. So, so there are a few theories, obviously like the collective subconscious thing, like that we've already talked about the whole group thing, 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 which I, I think I subscribe to that probably the most. Mm -hmm. Um, of course there are those that are more of the, uh, ghosting. I I don't even want to say that more people, um, that are of a Christian faith that believe that they really did contact a spirit. Um, and the spirit took the opportunity in these seances to act as Philip and produce, um, extraordinary psycho psychokinetic phenomena. Um, and of course then they, I feel like I need to bring up Occam's razor at this point. So uh, yes, I mean, and that was, that was actually, is that coming out? (laughs) Yes. Okay. Um, that's a definite thing. Is that like, it's the simplest explanation. Yeah. Like how likely is it that (laughs) therefore, because these folks are saying that whatever the spirit was, um, was probably inhuman or demonic and they were like taking advantage of it. But yeah, the Occam's razor, uh, theory is probably the most plausible. Right, like, 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 like which thing is the most likely? The right? most likely the is that think. the group think. And that's where I tend to go. As fun as it is for me to want to be like, yeah, it was sure. totally a demon. But you know where I land on demons. Yeah. I can't. So, yeah. But the, and I can't tell you, like, and, and listen, the- I know everyone has a demon by their washing machine in their basement. I've got two things for you. First of all, your electricity is, um, uh, your house is old and your, um, uh, what's that thing called? That box that you go down to and you, the breaker or the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Your breaker is overflowing and it has an EMF field around it. And so it makes you feel weird and ooky and awful. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing is that you need to redo your basement and make it a livable space because you're right. It's gross. Yeah. So if there's spider webs and there's dark corners and it smells like mildew and mold and your old house shouldn't be handling that much electricity, girl, you're, Basement's going to feel haunted. Mm-hmm. It's spooky. I mean, my parents' basement definitely haunted. It's spooky malooky. Everybody, um, <laughs> like, I I promise you, I have every single person who's ever told me a ghost story, and even, even like, even people who are in Mensa, which stands for um, the uh, Mrs. Elephant Nordstrom <laughs> Solutions Association, even people from Mensa are like, you know, I have a weird feeling in my basement. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, of course you do. It's gross. It's underground and it feels weird. Great. Um, agreed. <laughs> Except for my parents' basement, which is totally haunted and terrifying. Yeah. Um, that one's real. I mean, the Blair Witch definitely lives there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but by the way, I'm not saying all y'all basements is fake. I'm just saying like 90% of that stuff oh, yeah. can be explained away. Yeah. Um, Another thing, and this kind of goes along with what you're saying, is that it's the atmosphere. It makes people more sensitive to noises and sounds that are often overlooked. So the it's hard to explain, you know, the random rapping on the table. Mm-hmm. But, you know, maybe they were hearing it because of the way the room was, um, the, the acoustics in the room were. Yeah. Maybe it sounded like it was coming from there, but really it was actually like a pipe or something like that. Sure. Um, because a lot of times, and you'll see on these videos, they ask the question and they sit and they wait. Yeah. It's not an immediate, Philip, are you there? It's it's not that. Like, you've got to wait a few minutes. Um, so I think there's something to that. And that, again, goes back to what we were talking about earlier is um, all of the participants accused each other. Did you push the table? Did you do this? Always happens. Always. Always Looking at each other. I mean, we, we've talked about this before. We did a, a Ouija thing and the planchette moved and we immediately were like, this person 100% was driving it. And I wasn't even touching it. We can't, we can't prove it, but you know, it was, it was a while ago and I still need to like, (laughs) it wasn't me. I didn't even touch it. Yeah. (laughs) But it's, it's freaky when you're in that moment and you, you can't necessarily prove that somebody was actually doing it, but you know that like, there's no freaking way that this really happened right. or did it. Like we don't know, but, um, and also if it did, but there were, there could certainly have been somebody in this group, like a Fox sister that was for sure cracking a joint or, you know, causing like some kind of noise to happen, like without using their hands or their fingers. So there, like part of me is like, I, I need to attach an explanation to this. But the one thing 
that gets me every time is the table thing. And when you see it and it's like, sure, did they have fishing line and like, was somebody controlling it that way? But then you see it like for this documentary where, you know, allegedly um, everybody in the room is kind of unassuming and not involved. Like, did they, they fake it for this? I I don't, I don't know. Um, What I do know is that it's really cool. And if a group of eight people could collectively, make an object move with their minds. That's more fascinating than ghosts. I'll be honest Humans with you. are incredible. And like, <laughs> that's what we really should focus on. And it's a, it's a damn shame that this isn't talked about more. Yeah. Let's think about, let's talk, let's talk about like what the impressive we... group think versus like yeah. there might've been a ghost named Philip from the, from the 1600s. Exactly. The fact that they did this. And I think that's what they all walked away with. Like yeah. the participants were not so much like we created a ghost. They were like, we fucking did this with our minds yeah. and we are incredible. And that's how we should look at this is like, what can we as human beings do if we put our minds to it? Mm-hmm. And it's cool. So you guys shit you like don't this. have to buy Oprah's book, the secret because no, I'll just explain it to you. Yeah, exactly. Get some friends together, sing 99 bottles of beer. In the wall. No. <laughs> <laughs> just basically and make some stuff like fly visualize uh, <laughs> goal orient and you will find that yeah. your, uh, your optimistic future will manifest itself. It's, it's incredibly cool. Um, so, and, and that's kind of been the consensus of everything that I've read is that like, this is just an awesome experiment and why aren't we hearing more about it? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people who wrote these articles were basically had those things. So a couple of websites, I thought I put it in here. Oh, so I mentioned thoughtco thoughtco.com was one. Um, and the other one was timeloop.net. Um, they both have some pretty good write-ups on this if you want to find some more information. I mean, I've kind of covered everything I could. Um, there's Because there's just not, again, like, it's not covered as much as I would have liked it to be. So we need the science community. We need to have Neil Tyson deGrasse. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah, you say it wrong every time. That's okay. That guy. We need to get him... On board with this, because I think he might like it. But she's more into astrophysics. That's all he's into. That's his thing. That's his thing. But I'm pretty sure he's um, part of the Mensa community, which it stands imagine. for um, Meta <laughs> Enhanced <laughs> Neurological Stationary. Asses chaps. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Well, Noel, that was really awesome, and thank you for sharing something that a lot of people don't know yeah. that much about. Use your brain. Yeah. Um, Noel, what is it that you are imbibing this eventide? Um, this is called Two Casks. It's a scotch from uh, Scotland. Oh. And I got it from, uh, what is it called? Fonvas? Fonvas? Vumfas. Vumfas. Man, can't get anything right today. You got your, you're killing Zoomfoss from yeah. the cast. Go there. There's one in Naperville too, I believe. If you're in the Illinois or the Chicago land area, mm-hmm. we hate to say Chicago land. I know Chicago land is such a like, gross. Um, what are you having? I am having a temperance. It is uh, a really great brewery out there in Evanston. I was just there. It's called, uh, what I'm drinking is called escape IPA. Ah, it's delish. I got a growler. A growler? Yeah. You don't say. I do. Okay. I do, in fact, say. Excellent. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for sticking with us. Um, We have had such uh, an amazing um, 2018 uh, in terms of uh, where we are with listeners. And we just uh, want you to know we appreciate that. We appreciate that so much that we finally made ourselves a website. Yes, go there. <laughs> go to. It's highspiritchicagopodcast.com. Um, and we are posting episodes there and we're posting um, just interesting pieces of information. Um, and we got a dot com, which is important. I know. Yeah, you know what? We went all the way. We did. So um, you could, of course, listen to us on SoundCloud. Um, that's, uh, you know, there are OG homies. Um, Please listen to us on iTunes. You can go ahead and rate and review us. It's much mm-hmm. easier for people to find us uh, if you go ahead and uh, uh, do that for us. Um, thank you always for gmailing us at uh, highspiritschicago at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Facebook and Insta. I will say this. At, and both of them are High Spirits Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Go there. Yeah. Um, 
I had a, I had such a nice experience with a troll. Uh, yeah. Ago. Okay. Yeah. I had, <laughs> I had a troll, like just sort of, um, I don't want to be too specific about it. Just kind of dick out at me. And, um, I don't know if you guys know the story about Sarah Silverman, um, where she had a troll, mm-hmm. uh, and she basically kind of just wrote back something nice yeah. to that person. And then they had this like nice interaction and it went, it, it went viral. And I thought to myself, I mean, honestly, I thought to myself, who in the hell has time yeah. to one, listen to something that they hate to like find out how they can reach a person and then diss them on a personal level. Mm -hmm. So anyway, (laughs) to the troll, uh, who came after me and we ended up having a nice conversation. Hey, you're fine. I'm fine. The world, uh, the world keeps moving. And, um, thanks for proving that, um, uh, people really deep down inside are, really great and cool. Mm-hmm. And also, um, troll aside, this is a really great lesson for people who listen to this show. Um, as in life, as in death, Noel and I always talk about this. So like, dude, if you do not want to be a spirit or if you don't want to be a haint, or if you don't want to be some like goddamn little shitty ghost that fucks around with people instead of going on to wherever, wherever it is you think you're going to go. Yeah. Just be cool. Yeah. And I would also add this, use your trolling for good. Um, Use those powers and that frustration and angst and anger and uh, point it in the direction of your local uh, uh, politicians, your Congress people. Throw it to a Congress person. Get, get, get stuff done that you feel needs to be done. Get or even done. If, even if you don't agree with, with our politics, at least you're like putting yourself out there and you're speaking up for what you believe in, and that's important. Um. I might not agree with you all the time, but if you really firmly believe something, use that trolling for good and go after them, call them, write them, don't stop because they need to listen. That's their job. You elected them. Make them work. For sure. Thank you, Noel. You're welcome. Uh, This episode has been sponsored, of course, by um, Mensa and um, also our dear friend. Which means Mr. Eats Noodles (laughs) Saturdays always. Always, yes. (laughs) Um, I think that's all the time that we have for you. And, uh, uh, I'm Jay Stegman. This is my friend, Noel Schmidt. You've been listening to high spirits and Noel has one last awful hideous thing to say to you. Sweet dreams. <laughs>